Good morning on a beautiful Friday, everyone. You're listening to the Football Friday podcast brought to you by the Morning Times and Daily Review. I'm Kirk Loveson, joined as always by Times editor Johnny Williams and Times Daily Review sports reporter Logan Hill. One week in the books, guys. Um, not so solid on the Valley's end this past weekend, but a good weekend for a Daily Review coverage area. Athens falls to Line Mountain 54-12. to Sare falls to Canton 42-0. Troy picks up a win over Juniana 56-21. Wyalusing drops to Nativity 28-14. And Tawanda out in front 1-0 in the season after beating North Penn Mansfield 26-6. That's the way this is going to go each and every Friday, everyone. We're going to be uploading to the website, morning-times.com, thedailyreview.com. And eventually we'll get up on Spotify and other places you find your podcasts, but Every Friday morning we'll upload and we're just going to talk football around the area, local high school football. We'll jump into some college and some NFL. And we finally got some production on the field we got to see this weekend. What did you uh, see, Logan? Well, first of all, good morning, Kurt. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm coming <laughs> off of first football Friday weekend. High school ball's back in the air and starting to get a little nervous about my bills but that's for another day but um anyways back to uh the high school action the first game i covered this week was canton sarah at canton and that one pretty much went as if there was so-called experts i won't say we're the experts we're not but if there was experts it went the way the experts pretty much saw it going canton blew them out 42 to zero but obviously i liked what i saw from canton they they put it all together that friday night i I had some very bright spots about watching Sarah. I mean, didn't have a program last year for the first time in forever. They had a couple of opportunities to put points on the board, got it down inside the five, I think twice in the first half. Right. And just they couldn't punch it in, and it kind of snowballed there into the second half. Yeah, and for Sarah to be coming off a season in which they didn't have a program, to have to start with you know a team like Canton who made a run at the state championship last season and always kind of reloads, I mean, what an uphill task that's got to be. To go out there, 42 nothing. It, it looks bad on paper, but nothing to sneeze at when you're playing a quality program like Canton after a year off of football. So, you know, kudos to that Sarah program for going out and kind of like you said when we talked off the air, Johnny, ripping off the Band-Aid a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always going to be tough when you see that when, you, when you're coming back after a year off. New head coach, like Logan said, once you... And you're going up against Canton, who is consistently very good. Yeah, no so, question. Yeah, you have to band-aid rip, ripped off, learn from it, and uh, look forward to the rest of the season. Just a couple other things on the Warriors. I think their quarterback, Ben Fitch, I think he's going to have a very good year, whether it's as a runner. They don't they don't pass a whole lot, but or as a passer, he looked good. He looked sharp. He accounted for five touchdowns, two through the air, and three rushing Friday night. And then also, first growth kicker in the history of the NTL, Alexis McRoberts, sophomore. Wow, very cool. And she made her first three extra points, I'm pretty sure, the other night. I think one went off the goalpost after that, and one was just wide. But still, I mean, that's that's history in the NTL yeah, week one. So. Absolutely history, and that's awesome. Um, anytime you think of Ken, you also have to think of Troy. We talked last week on the Football Friday podcast about, you know, Troy not wanting to get left behind, keeping this rivalry competitive, seeing what their arch-rival camp was able to do last season. They want to show up and show out this year. They did so in week one against Juniana Logan, 56-21. to 21. Yeah, and, and they ran all over them. I wasn't at this game, but uh, just seeing the box scores, seeing after the fact, 
a bunch of different guys made contributions for Troy, and I think they scored 28 points in the second quarter. So they just they kind of took the reins and never looked back in that game. And a lot was made of it facing Juniata week one to start the season, a bigger program coming from further away. And Troy just really had no issues with them whatsoever. Yeah, going back and forth here now in terms of coverage area, back to the Valley. Athens, a little bit of a hike out there to Line Mountain, and a little bit of a tough start this season. 54-12, to 12, they fall to Line Mountain. But again, maybe some growing pains for the Wildcats, similar to Sayre this season in terms of new head coach. They have to replace a four-year starter at quarterback. Mason Lister now gone. Tough start for the Wildcats, but again, rip the Band-Aid off. Start to kind of get your reps in as a new regime takes over. They'll move on this week, and they'll draw Kowineski Valley. Uh, back over to, how about Tawanda? We talked a lot about them in last week's Football Friday preview. Better and better each year. Riley Vanderpool back. He'll have to take the load on his shoulders to get this team to the next level. Good start against North Penn Mansfield. They win 26-6. to six. Yeah, and, and Vanderpool was was the feature player in that game. I think he I logged him at 22 carries, somewhere in the neighborhood of 280 rushing yards. And Ooh. just, it was, it was, as a fan of the sport, at times it was fun to watch. There was a cut there was a sequence where he ripped off like a gain of thirty seven yards where he ducked under a tackle and then the very next play he did it again for a seventeen yard touchdown. Just from the quarterback position, he I think he only attempted eleven passes, which which they didn't need to. They were focused on chewing the clock. They jumped in front in the first quarter, I think it was thirteen to six and, and never really kind of looked back. And as he goes with more experience, with more confidence in himself. I think this Tawanda team could go. Their front seven looked very good against North Penn Mansfield, and their trenches on the offensive side didn't look too shabby either. Yeah, Tawanda, they're going to jump on the road for week two. They'll go to Milton this week. I believe Milton's off to an 0-1 start. Um, finally, wrapping up with uh, last week's action, Wyalusing, they lose 28-14. to They're going to come to Sayre this weekend. Um, get more on that in uh, – today's edition morning times football friday daily review we'll talk why losing sarah they're both zero and one now you know someone's always got to go right someone wants to get that victory what'd you see what'd you hear what'd you see um what about why losing obviously nativity won it by two touchdowns but it wasn't always a two touchdown game there were some mistakes that why losing made there were some chances they had that they couldn't necessarily capitalize on but just uh, playing back at home, starting a new regime. I, I think they were excited, and it was a good first test, and kind of similar to what you said about Athens. Just rip the Band-Aid off. We played football now. Let's go play football again next week. So we previewed all of those games last Friday morning on this podcast. Again, you can get this podcast every Friday morning on our websites, on the Morning Times website, on the Daily Review website. And we also previewed these games in the publication, the Morning Times and the Daily Review put out Football Friday previews every Friday. Make sure you pick those up. Make sure you subscribe. However, you can get those um, previews. And then Saturday, we always have coverage in Saturday's editions of the papers as well, uh, recapping those games like we're doing now. You can also get this information this week. Same idea. Friday's edition of the paper for previews. Saturday's edition of the papers for recaps and stories from Logan and Dave Post and others. This weekend, we got Sarah at Wyalusing. We just touched on that. Someone's looking for their first win. Athens on the road at Kowneski Valley. Kowneski Valley really struggled last season. They're off to a 1-0 start. That'll be an interesting road trip for Athens. Tawanda again on the road at Milton. Canton goes against North Penn, and Troy will take on Montoursville. 
That's one I'm keeping an eye on. Montoursville beat Wellsboro, blanked them this past weekend, 42-0. to zero. Could be a tricky test on the road for the Trojans. So that is this coming weekend, and we're finally starting football on the New York side of things. Um, Section 4 football kicks off in New York this weekend, and we got a great event going on in Waverly. It's called the Waverly Game Day Event where Tioga and Waverly will both be playing at Waverly Memorial Stadium Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening. But first, Johnny, tell us a little bit about what Waverly's doing downtown before those games kick off. Last year, they started this for the very first time. It was their inaugural event. I think it went really, really well for them. The players come out. They meet the community. They have a parade for the players. The players do signings. The kids love it. The players love it. Families love it. This year, it's coming back, and I'm sure it's going to be even better than last year where they're going to have, like I said, the parade. You're going to be able to have raffles. You're going to be, you're going to be able to take photos with the mascot. There's going to be trading cards. You can sign autographs with the players. You can pick up some Waverly, I'm sure maybe probably Tioga merchandise. Very so cool. Can, so you can rep your team. That kicks off at 10.30 a.m., goes until 1.30. It's basically like you maybe like you can call it a long, a long community-wide tailgate. Yeah. Head on over to the stadium and enjoy two good, two really good football games. Yeah, just a really cool community event that Waverly's now putting on um, second year in a row now. It'll kick off game. First kickoff will be at three. Tioga will start this thing off. They're going to play Burke Catholic. Tioga, for those that don't know, will be trying for the elusive three-peat. And I don't mean a a sectional championship three-peat. I mean a state title three-peat. Back to back to back, they're going for this year. And what's really crazy, and I I wrote a preview for this that will come out in Friday's edition of the Morning Times, the expectations are for them to do it. It's one thing to be expected to maybe pull off one state title. To have your expectations set at winning a third state title consecutively, I mean, you want to talk about a pressure cooker. And what's wild is this team, I believe, is going to do it. I mean, they're loaded. They returned three-quarters of their roster from a state championship team last season. They're going to get Burke Catholic from downstate, Section 9. Burke Catholic went 8-3 last year. Should be a good test for the uh, Tigers to start. Waverly comes on at 6. You know, the hosting team, fresh off of Section 4 Class C title. And I know they're hosting Honeyoy Falls Lima, a Rochester area school. But I think you guys would agree. I think what everyone's looking forward to seeing is Joey Tommaso at quarterback. Uh, we just talked off air. We looked up some numbers here. Last year, about 2,300 yards passing, 24 touchdowns. The year before, 1,800 yards passing, 18 touchdowns. (laughs) I mean, and that's two years from a kid who's basically been starting now for, I think this will be year five or six. I mean, to do what he's done and have the career he's had, it's going to be really exciting to follow him along in the final go this season. I, for one, as someone that's, I guess we'll call it a newbie to the area, I'm excited to see him play on the football field because I first got introduced to him as a baseball player, and he played shortstop, and he looked really good at shortstop, and then someone said, wait till you see him play quarterback. And so I'm Waverly's not in my direct beat coverage yeah. as we broke it up this year, but I'm excited to see what they're able to do. Yeah, and for those of you who can get out, please do this weekend on Saturday. Support the community, support the Valley. A really cool event going over on over there in Waverly. And um, we talked about Waverly. They're playing Honeywell Falls Lima, seven and three last year. Burke Catholic, eight and three. Two teams that could give these Valley schools, you know, a good look in week one. And that'll be exciting to see for such a cool event. That's really what we got on tap for this coming weekend. Again, check out our Friday edition today for um, 
all the preview coverage from Logan, myself, Dave Post, and then make sure to grab a copy on Saturday and um, next Tuesday as well. But we won't have one for Labor Day on Monday. But check out Saturday's coverage, Tuesday's coverage for recaps and game stories. Anything else on the high school front, boys? By losing it, Sarah. Yeah. I think that's going to be, if, if you pick the game of the week, I think that would be on the short list just because of all the circumstance around it. Yeah. New head coaches, both looking for their first win. Something's got to give, like you said. So I think that'll be a very entertaining game. By yeah, the time that's it's a great pick. Done. And that's right here in Sarah over there at the Lockhart Street Bowl. Go check that one out. Um, too local, pretty obviously Sarah here, but while losing not far down the road either. Um, yeah, someone's always got to go. Someone's got to get that W. Uh, college football week one is here. Uh, a lot of Penn State fans in our coverage area. The Nittany Lions are the home team around here, and they get a good old rivalry renewed by hosting the West Virginia Mountaineers. Drew Aller at quarterback now for Penn State. A lot of expectations. Their um, their plan is to compete with Ohio State and Michigan for the Big Ten East, and probably a Big Ten title, maybe a berth in the college football playoff. They're twenty point favorites against the Mountaineers. We're not going to get too crazy here, but weird things happen in rivalries. This one hasn't been played for a while. Both fan bases are going to be geared up, and it's week one, so all the kinks aren't out yet. There's going to be some nerves. Anyone like upsets here? Everyone kind of ride in Penn State. I, I think Penn State will win the football game. I don't know if they'll win the football game by 20. I, I think, like you said, everything you just said right there, it's week one. It's a rivalry renewed. All of that points to me to a game that is closer than you would like it to be as a Penn State fan in the fourth quarter. It's funny you bring up Drew Aller. I ran a story last week from, from the Associated Press, but it was a, the headline was basically why Drew Aller might be the most important player in college football this year, which I knew would get all the Penn State fans yeah. reading the sports section. But that, So I, just, I think that's going to be one of the most enticing draws on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just... Uh, concur with you guys on this one i don't i don't think it'll 20 points is a is a big spread to cover yeah it's a lot so, for a rivalry yeah for a rivalry game like i said first week i'm sure it's it's penn state it's gonna be nuts it's always nuts it's gonna be fun yeah so, people will turn out it ought to be a great atmosphere i think that game's at 7 30 on nbc saturday night tune into that one for just the atmosphere itself those two teams don't get along it's not a far drive for either of them and they haven't played in a while it should be a good one um i also got for college football Colorado TCU. This is another big spread. It's I think TCU cover. You know they're favored by twenty something. But it's Deion Sanders' debut at head coach for Colorado. Anyone riding uh, Neon Dion this year, or do we think this could be a little more than he can handle in year one? How's that saying go? It's it's like you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play, play good, good, you play good, they pay good they or pay something good. like that. So Love it. We're going to see if Dion can can go and get himself paid some more this year. I, he definitely has a tall task. I think they had the most transfers ever at Colorado this yeah, year. Yeah, big I turnover. Mean, I mean, that's a, that's a relatively new thing, the transfer portal, but still, like, just... I mean, he did it at the HBCU level with, what was that, Jackson State? Jackson State, yeah. I mean, they were 12-1 and one or something like that a season ago, so now it's time to, to see can you do it at a more major program. And Colorado is not your Georgia, it's not your Alabama, it's not your LSU, but it's a recognizable name, and we're going to see exactly how high they can soar under. Yeah, TCU made the college football playoff last year. Obviously not expected to get back this year. Some people even thought, um, last season was a bit fluky, and they got a lot of turnover also. Former Dallas Cowboy, 
Deion Sanders. Were you a Deion guy, Johnny? Uh, I did like Deion back in the day. I was pretty young at the time, but yeah, he he was really fun to watch. He's an amazing athlete. Obviously, no one could argue that. But I think I think I see a similarity in this matchup as, quite frankly, Canton and Sayer, new head coach going up against uh, a consistently good yeah, team. Yeah, the big bad up, wolf. Yep. So I'm not saying the end result will be the same, but and I see a similar da- kind of David versus Goliath matchup here. I think Dion's probably, in terms of the NFL, in my top five all-time athlete, overall athlete list. Played both sides of the ball, excelled on both sides of the ball, and also played pro baseball at the same time. Just an absolute stud athletically. Is it going to translate to the Division One college football level as a coach? Did great at Jackson State, don't get me wrong. This will be an interesting test, and I'm excited to tune in and watch. I think they're at 12. I think they're at noon on Saturday. Um, check that out maybe between your break from downtown Waverly and before the 3 o'clock game starts with Tioga, but that should be a good one. People forget, Dion was a Raven, too. You say former Cowboy. Oh, he did God. have a year with the Ravens. He did, too. Him and Shannon Sharp on the same roster. Interesting personality. <laughs> I don't know. In that if, locker. I don't know if they ran into each I other. Think th- I think that was Shannon's like last year, maybe. I think there was, wasn't it like oh six. He played with the Ravens, Dion. That's probably in that time frame. Shannon was gone yeah. after the Super Bowl, the original Super Bowl season. I'm pretty sure. I thought they were on the I same think they roster for one season because I wanted to say Shannon talked about it on like Undisputed or something okay, like may- that. Maybe I have, or that maybe wrong. he was visiting the locker room or something, getting Dion vibes. Also, Ray Lewis. I mean, if, they, if those guys were ever in the same locker room at the same time, some stories must have came out of that. <laughs> I would say Kirk watches Undisputed. Hmm. Oh, yeah, your boy's <laughs> they just favorite cowboy love fan, Skip Bayless. They just revamped it. How do you like the new the new production? Yeah, so it's Skip Bayless. This is on FS1. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's an embrace debate type of format talk show. Um, Skip Bayless is the host, and they just... Uh, transitioned from Shannon Sharp to Richard Sherman, Keyshawn Johnson, and I believe... It was Michael Irvin. Michael yeah. Irvin, okay. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing the idea there is to get Michael and Skip kind of on the same team this year with the Cowboys banter. But Richard Sherman, for whatever you want to say about how outspoken he is and how brash his personality is, has always come across pretty intelligent to me in the way he talks football. Obviously a wealth of knowledge from his playing days with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Keyshawn coming over from ESPN, um, former NFL countdown guy. I don't know how he'll mix on FS1, but it looks like I heard, and you two tell me if I'm wrong, um, I've heard they're going to try to get away from the debate style a little bit and try to maybe break things down more from what they see on the field just because it got so negative there before um, the Shannon transfer. But from what I saw the clips, it didn't look like that's going to work. No, the, the clips, I saw a, a clip that went viral the other day where uh, Keyshawn Johnson and Michael Irvin about lost their marbles because uh, Richard Sherman said cornerback was the toughest position in football, which I think he's right. But I think he's I'm also not, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a professional athlete, so what would I know? Yeah, no, I, I think that something like that would be good for that show. I don't know if that show can necessarily pull it off. Yeah, and I'm not sure what's obviously – crazy amount of years worth of journalism for skip but i'm not sure what skip does without the debate exactly format like what what is the show people Um, aren't coming to watch skip bayless to see him break down x's and o's run scheme fits right they're coming to watch him debate whoever's on the other side of him about how good the cowboys are so with that said let's go right into nfl news um last week we previewed the afc 
this week um, we'll preview the NFC, but around the league in terms of from last Friday to this Friday, Trey Lance is now a Dallas Cowboy. Um, he comes over from the 49ers. Johnny, our resident diehard Cowboy fan, I'm going to let you go off on this. Are you – maybe I'm wrong, though. Are you – with this decision, now that you've had some time for it to settle, where are we at with Trey Lance now being the backup to Dak Prescott in Dallas? Uh, so my initial thoughts were I did not like the move. I thought a fourth-round pick for what who essentially is going to be your backup quarterback, I thought that was kind of steep. Um, the more I And after a couple days on it, I'm still not all aboard on it. I'm more kind of a I'm, I'm mixed on it. So I, I think in an ideal world, he, do, he doesn't see us like – in a, in a perfect world, he doesn't see anything outside of preseason for the next three years, at least. Dak Prescott is the guy. He needs to remain the guy. Anybody thinking that Trey Lance is, gives the Cowboys any kind of leverage over Dak and contract negotiations, I think, is very far off. It's Dak's team. What does his contract look like right now? Does he have years remaining? I think he. Ha- I'm not sure how many years remaining he has. I know he's. I know he wants a new deal. He's 30 years old. And I think, and I so I th- I think the idea maybe was bring him in, bring in Trey Lance so you have so called leverage over him. He's a first round talent, all this kind of stuff. He I would say his, his plays his play style is probably similar to Dax as opposed to Cooper Rush. When we had Cooper Rush, even though we got a lot of wins with Cooper Rush last year, we had one of the worst offenses in the league, if I remember correctly. Our defense carried us. So I don't know. I think it might be like a. A negotiating piece, albeit not a very good one, but hey, hopefully he comes in. He has raw talent. We have we have a decent backup quarterback now. Yeah, I think Trey Lance is a real winner in it. I mean, he he went to the bottom of the Niners' depth chart, and the, the literal story coming out that day was him being the the third quarterback remained the most likely option, and then like two hours later, he got traded to Dallas. So yeah, which is another thing. I'm like, I'm not sure how much <laughs> I want to trade a fourth round pick for a guy who couldn't beat out. Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah, so the the Trey Lance tenure in San Francisco is over. Um, real quick, to touch back on what we were just talking about earlier, Shannon Sharp, Baltimore Ravens 2000-2001. Dion, Baltimore Ravens 2004-2005. Okay. So almost spot on with the 2006 with Dion. Should have known not to challenge uh, Ravens fans' knowledge. <laughs> oh, and one start. Um Next in NFL news, Jonathan Taylor is still a Colt. And it looks like he will be for the foreseeable future. However, he starts on the PUP list, which means he'll have to miss the first four games of the season. So Jonathan Taylor wants out. The Colts seem to be okay to entertain trades for him, which indicates they're okay with him leaving. However, they get no deal done. They have to put him on PUP which means now not only do they have they keep him, but he's going to miss four games. Correct me if I'm wrong. This seems like a lose-lose-lose on all f- fronts for this organization and Jonathan Taylor. What do we do now? He misses four games. He doesn't want to be there anyways. They know he doesn't want to be there. I guess you keep the trade window open until the deadline, and he's probably gone after the four games. Does Jonathan Taylor play this season? This one, this one baffles me. I cannot figure this one out for the life of me. I mean, the, I think he, you have the case to make for him is he's the best, we'll say, young running back in football. I mean, he isn't a guy that's reached the age to get his second contract yet. He's still in his rookie deal, 
And he just played seasons with Phillip Rivers at quarterback, with Matt Ryan at quarterback. And now he finally has a rookie promising Anthony Richardson at quarterback. You would think that as a player, you would want to be in there for whatever the Colts are building this year. And I get it, having disputes with the front office, with Ursay. It's just, it's weird to me that as the Colts franchise that lost Peyton Manning a decade ago, lost Andrew Luck early to early retirement, why would you not try to keep your best player on your roster as happy as you could? And And maybe that isn't, giving him a new contract two years earlier, a year early. But the way that it has gone down has been almost like a reality show. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm i not... <laughs> it's Jimmer, say. So yeah. I feel like he's he, he kind of loves the drama. He's kind of an old-school owner kind of guy. Reminds gives me Jerry Jones vibes, quite frankly. But I don't... I'm kind of with Logan on this one. It's, it's pretty baffling. And I think the Colts entertained trades but I don't think they really had any true intention of trading him. I think they over, they purposely over-asked for, the, for compensation from him. I mean, they were, the last thing I saw was that they asked the, the Dolphins for Jalen Waddle, which is no chance of that happening. Would you part with, with, with Waddle for Taylor? <laughs> yeah, and I think it came out this morning that the second team involved was the Packers. Um, no idea what the compensation was for Taylor coming from the Packers, but I believe they were the second team that was involved. Um, All I can say on this from my only interest in any of this was don't I hope he as a Bills fan I hope he's not a Dolphin um that would have terrified me the idea of Tua Jonathan Taylor Tyreek and Waddle as your core on the offense for a team that had to have to trade for Taylor and wind up paying him you have to be convinced that he's like prime Adrian Peterson level material and I guess now the question is does he go from being the most talked about player in the NFL over the last 48 hours to irrelevant for the next four weeks he can't play he's not going anywhere um just an interesting like you said just baffled by the the situation how it played out there in Indianapolis yeah he, he's going to disappear but on the, on the who is going to be talked about is Josh Jacobs oh yeah, yeah. he, he is back. back just he look, came back. just look that up Josh Jacobs also top um young running back in the league maybe top five running back signs one year 12 million with the Raiders kind of following the path of Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, kind of this um, one-year-to-prove-it idea while also getting pretty decent value. Um, thought he was probably going to end up staying there. Didn't really see much on the trade front. Um, obviously, would have been well sought after, but I think the Raiders' intent this whole time was we're going to get something done for now. Let's tie it up in a year for $12 million. He's there with Garoppolo, Devontae Adams. Eh, keep an eye on the Raiders. We'll see. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Las Vegas. It's a really tough division. Very tough. You're, I mean, it's it's Herbert, it's Mahomes, and like... It's Russell it. Wilson. Yeah. To the Raiders' credit, though, <laughs> to the Raiders' credit, it's a tough division, and you still have Devontae Adams and Jack Jacobs. You got those guys. Mm-hmm. You keep Jacobs for another year. You know, I'm sure Las Vegas Raiders fans would be thinking a lot differently if you know one of the they lost Jacobs or they weren't making some of these moves to bring in guys, um, so that I think that's it for news. If you guys are ready to get into our just division by division NFC preview, and then we'll get people out of here. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we start. I will pick uh, NFC North. Oh, this is going to be one of the most fun divisions in football. <laughs> one of the most fun divisions in football this year. I have a weird feeling we're all on the same page, and it's not the same page as the rest of the country, maybe. 
I'm out on the Lions. Interesting. Uh, I'm also out on the Lions. I'm not. I'm not all the way in, but I'm not all the way. I'm like dipping my foot in the water, like <laughs> feeling it out. They went on a tear last season to end the year. Guess what? They still missed the playoffs, and they also started that season one and six. I I'm not sold on the head coach. I think he's more of a players coach who doesn't necessarily delegate that well, but is a rah rah guy. His quarterback's Jared Goff. Was surprisingly good. I'm going Vikings. I like the Vikings as well. Nothing has nothing has changed enough for me to say the Vikings don't win the division. Everyone probably listening right now is screaming, "Well, Dalvin Cook's a Jet." Fair. Running back might be one of the most replaceable positions in sports now, as we've seen in the offseason with the way they're being valued. Kirk Cousins is back. Gets a lot of, you know, pushback, but he's still pretty consistent in that he gets upwards of 28 to 30 touchdowns. He throws a year. Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in football. They got Hawkinson at tight end. K.J. Osborne is is was the same production as Adam Thielen, who is now gone. I think it's still the Vikings division. Logan, tell me I'm wrong. I really wish I could. This does not make for good podcasting, but a lot of the points <laughs> you just laid out are spot on. I think it will be their division to lose. I think they have enough of a nucleus over the past couple seasons that remains intact. Like you said, losing Dalvin Cook, it'll be an adjustment, but his backup last year, Alexander Madison, should be able to pick up pretty much where Cook left off. I think the Bears will be better. I think the Lions should be more formidable. I don't know if they improve in the win-loss category. And then I think the Packers will regress a little bit just with how much of a change they ultimately went through moving on from Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. So I, I really do. I think it's the Vikings division to lose. I don't think they're quite the powerhouse that they appeared to be at, at one point last season, but I think they'll still, they should still win the NFC North. One thing I think uh, we looked up off air a couple of days ago was that the NFC North, correct me if I'm wrong on this, had three of the worst four defenses in the, yes. in the league last year. Yep. So, that could lend a lot to why the Lions look so good. Could lend a lot why the Vikings look so good. A lot of production. So yeah, a lot of production offensively. Bottom dwellers of the NFL in defense. I don't know if that if we're going to see much turnaround there. I do know most improved in that division should be the Bears. Should mm-hmm. Hunter? I'm ex- I'm actually excited to watch yeah, the Bears this season. Their schedule is pretty d- decent as well. Um, Justin Fields, if he takes the next step up, he got pretty electric at times last year. At the end, I mean, he was on. He was a weekly highlight reel. Um, if you were following along, and they've had some pieces, um, and they got a lot of cap space too. We could see some moves throughout the um, before the trade deadline from the Bears too, if they're in contention. So keep an eye on the Bears. I think I agree with Logan. I think the Packers will be last in this division. I think it's going to be a weird transition for them and a weird feeling for a lot of those fans going from Aaron, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to a Jordan Love. We're not sure how this is going to go. Um, but I like the Vikings. So all three Vikings, we, we got to get some disagreement going I on. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I look at that division, and it screams to me one, one ten and 7 finish, two nine and 8 finishes, and a – eight and nine finish if however that mathematically could happen but i think it'll be close but nobody will be necessarily elite this season yeah um when we previewed the afc last year we kind of came back around afterwards with wild cards um 
I do have a weird. I think we might get a wild card out of this division, but I'll save it for when they come yeah, back I, around. I think the Lions could threaten the wild card spot. Uh, Logan, pick next. Let's go to the. Let's go NFC South. Let's go there. Another right. interesting division this year. Yeah, um, probably the worst division in the NFC last year. Um, I like the Saints. Derek Carr comes over from the Raiders to the Saints. A lot of people are saying Michael Thomas has looked pretty good this offseason. I know that they say that every year, and then it turns out Michael Thomas isn't back. But if he is, along with Kamara, Chris Olave at wide receiver, Saints shouldn't have to do much to be the favorite in that division. Agree? I think my... I don't know if you even want to call this a hot take, but my take is that the Saints will be the team this year that, that has a lot of wins and that anybody who watches football is like, they're not as good as their record says it is. <laughs> so the Vikings from last year, basically. Yeah, more or less. Because yeah. <laughs> well, I, went, I went through their schedule, and, I, and if you go through it, it's hard not to give them 11-12 wins, honestly. Yeah, which is crazy, but uh, we talked about this off-air once you pull up that schedule, and for those of you listening, That's please do I mean, so. Yeah. The Saints could be the worst good team in the NFL. Like they could get the two seed, paper tiger. If so you're to looking speak. at their schedule, they have a cakewalk. You know, it's pre. It's this is before the season. Nobody knows it could be bad. I, but. Yeah, I agree. And and six six division games, they're playing the Bryce Young led Panthers, yes. who should have no expectations in their first year. The Baker Mayfield led Bucks, who. Who knows what to make of that? That could be a team that wins 10 games. It could be a team that wins four games. It, it yeah. really could go either way. And then Atlanta, I think, is going to be a wait and see. Well, and here's the kicker. They're cr- the Saints, cr- the NFC South's crossover schedule this year is the AFC South. So the Saints get those, you know, bottom dwellers in their the- own division. But then they also get the Colts, the Texans, you know, maybe a not-so-great Titans team this year. So the schedule, very favorable for the Saints. Logan, did you say anyone else creeping up there that could challenge? Uh, hot take alert, maybe? Oh, boy, uh, here we go, finally. Uh, I want to kind of ride with the Atlanta Falcons this okay. year. I'm, I, the If I had to pick somebody that wasn't the Saints, in my mind, I was like, oh, it's the Bucks. Like, Baker will prove everybody wrong. Right. But I think that'll be way funnier if it blows up in Tampa Bay's face somehow, some way. <laughs> so... I mean, and I like a lot of the players they have down there, but I just I think that makes for better entertainment, better television. And Atlanta, at least offensively, they made some moves defensively too. Brought in Calais Campbell from Baltimore. He's going to be thirty nine years old, some somewhere in that range. I don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. how old he is, but playing on that Atlanta defensive front. But Bijan Robinson, they took him top ten in the draft. Is this the year Kyle Pitts? Yep. Finally breaks out on the in the box score every week. Drake London. Drake London. So it's all going to go as I, I'm pretty sure Desmond Ritter is going to be the starter there week yeah. one. So it's going to, they're going to be able to go offensively as he goes. They have all the, all the pieces and the names that you would love to see at those spots. So if the saints slip, because you guys talked about the easy schedule, if they slip, if they have a three week right. period where they're not looking, where they don't know what's going on, I think Atlanta could creep in. This is another division that to me screams, Ten and seven, yeah. nine and eight. I eight don't hate nine. that hot take either because I think I'm still riding with the Saints, but I think the Falcons might be low key one of the most exciting teams to watch this season just because of how young they are on that offense. On paper, yeah, the, the, the potential that. there. I mean, Bijan for rookie, Kyle Pitts is I think somewhere in between years two and four, right? Drake London the same, um, and then Desmond Ritter is going to be 
the starting quarterback there. I mean, those guys are all like under 25 years old. It's either they're going to be really exciting this year or, yeah, they could easily make a quick leap to contender if it all pans out. If it doesn't, could be a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take the take that, that Logan didn't for the Bucks because I... If, we, if you look back on Baker Mayfield's history, this could be, sadly, the most talented roster he's been a part of. Mike he Evans, came, Chris Godwin. Yeah, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, like, because he... And, and if, if I remember correctly, he, didn't he take the Browns to the playoffs? He did, and he won a playoff and he game. Won and he won a playoff, a playoff game. game with the Cleveland Browns. Like, that's impressive in and of itself. Then he goes to the, to the Rams, and on three days of preparation won a game for them. I want to like Baker so bad. <laughs> so, and it's weird for me to say, being a, growing up in Maryland, being a Ravens fan all my life, it's weird to, to, I feel the same way. He got hosed by the Cleveland Browns. They brought in Deshaun Watson and they just basically had no room for Baker. But to be the quarterback that ended 20 years of misery since they reestablished their team, to me there was no way that he should not have been the long-term answer in Cleveland. Whether that was the right choice or not, he had earned basically that right. He was the number one overall pick in 2018, for crying out loud. And then they just kind of casted him away when they gave Deshaun Watson a guaranteed deal. And what was the big thing they got down on Baker at the very end? Wasn't it the, he was purposely not targeting OBJ, which is why OBJ asked out of Cleveland. Or maybe that was at least the conspiracy theory. Yeah, Yeah, they they dealt with with some of that. And of course, Baker got a lot of the blame for that. And before you know it, on top of other things that go on in Cleveland and that Browns organization, he was gone. Chance to to redeem himself here. Another opportunity for Baker. Like you said, Logan, first overall pick of his class. Still starting. I mean, he's still out there. He's going to get a shot here with the Bucs in a division that, yeah, if someone slips, it's there for the taking. Oh, it's up for grabs. He also, for sure. before he went to the Rams last year, was with the Panthers. So you already know those two games are circled on his calendar. Yeah. He was the starter there, and it kind of fell apart. So, oh. so, and I just, as far as the Panthers go, if Bryce Young looks good, they could be fun, but I don't think they'll contend for anything this year. Willing to say Falcons win the division? I am. All right. I am. All right. At nine and eight. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> NFC West or NFC East? Uh, you know what? Let's just get right in the. Let's oh, get right in the. Right I was the wondering. East. I thought we were gonna save it. Nope, save I'm not gonna it. do it. it. Let's okay. dive into it. I'm gonna let you start. Yeah, let's do all, the, all ears. I will, are I will preface this saying the Eagles are my most hated team of all time as a bleed blue Cowboys. Not I, good for ratings in Pennsylvania. I like you, Valley. <laughs> please do not hit the power button. I hate the Eagles. They will be the number one seed in the okay. NFC Running again it back. this year. Okay, I hate saying that, but they 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 took a Super Bowl team and they somehow on paper got better. It's ridiculous. Howie Roseman is one of the best GMs in football. He's like playing Monopoly with my dad, who hoses everybody for boardwalk. I'm over Howie Roseman. Jalen Hurts fits perfectly in that system. They're loaded at wide receiver. They got DeAndre Swift. They got Rashad Penny, and I like Penny a lot. They got Jalen Carter. They got Jordan Davis. Like, I got Hassan Reddick still there. Like, it makes me want to puke. I would just like to be a fly that sits on your shoulder for a Johnny Williams Sunday. Because for those that don't know, Johnny is married into a Philadelphia Eagles family. (laughs) Wife's an Eagles diehard. Brother-in-law's an Eagles diehard. The rest of the family, you know, bleeds philadelphia i'm going with the cowboys 
<laughs> I hate your guts. Okay, tell me why, Kurt. <laughs> Playoff team last year. It's Dak's. It's prove it or leave for Dak. It's if this is the final. This is it. Trey Lance is your backup quarterback. Don't tell me that if it doesn't get done halfway through the season, the murmurs don't start. Oh, they do. CD Lamb always start. CD Lamb all pro last year. Fantastic receiver. It turns out. Defense is defense is really good. Micah Parsons, in my opinion, I know that others. There's plenty of guys out there in that top five. I think he's the best defensive player in football, even over TJ Watt, even over Bosa, both Bosa brothers. I love Micah Parsons. This defense is good. It's a prove-it year on offense. They were right there last year. I mean, it's not like we're, I'm saying, hey, the Cowboys got to win like f- four more games to make this happen. They're right there. It's that way every year lately. Philly, Dallas, Philly, Dallas. I think this is the year that a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover maybe for Philadelphia. That team's really good. On paper, they're really good. And we know on the field they're really good now. But it always happens every year after that Super Bowl. Somebody comes up a little short coming out of that game. I think this year it's Philadelphia. I think Dallas wins the NFC East. I'm in the same boat as you, Johnny. I, I think it's the <laughs> Eagles division to lose. I But to Kirk's point, I do think this division will be closer. I mean, what did Philly finish last year? 15-2 and two in the regular season? I don't think that happens again. 14-3, and 15-2. I don't think that happens again. I think Dallas... Unless everything goes weird, because that's how Dallas seasons go. They either go really well throughout the entire regular season and go weird in the playoffs, or they go really weird in the regular season and don't even end up in the playoffs. It, did I size that up right? Yeah, no, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and, and, and last year, and also an, another caveat here depends on Dak Prescott's health. He's been having health tr- troubles. Maybe So maybe that's why we got Trey Lance, too. Crossover division matchups with the AFC East this year also. Philadelphia's gonna have to play Buffalo, Miami, the Jet. Dallas does too, but that fifteen and two looks a little bit more tougher to find when you're playing crossovers with the AFC East. Absolutely, and I think that the Giants should be about what they were last year, if not maybe a little bit better. It all depends, and you could say that with every team that we've talked about in any of these previews with the quarterback. If Daniel Jones plays really well, New York could be really good. Yeah, Saquon comes out of the gates with his new contract looking good. They could they could rip off five wins out of seven games to start the year. I haven't looked at their schedule, but they have those kind of athletes on the offensive side of the ball and a stout defensive front. So I think they're good. And then I think the Commanders are trending in the right direction. I think they're clearly the fourth best team in that. Yeah, clearly the fourth best team. But a lot of optimism there with new ownership. And I I know that fan base just from having some friends that are uh, Washington football fans. It's a breath of fresh air, regardless of how the season so goes. They will, they will turn up to support They're gonna the turn commander's up. regime. They're going to play hard. People are going to breathe in that new fresh air and feel like, hey, let's rebuild now. Let's really make another run at this and get back to that prominent organization that we used to be. This coverage area, where we are in the Morning Times, in the Valley, in the Daily Review, we're in Northern Tier, Pennsylvania, Southern Tier, New York. A lot of Giants fans come with that. I think you're right. I think they're probably going to be right on par with last year. I think it's a little sigh of relief that the Saquon at least one-year deal got done, and that's no longer looming until the offseason. Um, they picked up a major weapon in Darren Waller. Darren too. Waller. That's, true. Now that's gives, a big yep, time. Gives Danny up. Dimes another receiver now. Uh, so I think they'll be right there. I, th- I think it's Dallas, but you guys both go with the Eagles. Both, I think, make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, uh, yeah, and I 
And just to, for, for the run of Eagles one, I do think Dallas gets two, Giants three, Commanders four. I think I it's fall right yeah, in line. pretty yeah. much going to be that. Other than flip-flop um, Dallas and Philly for me. NFC West we'll finish with, and then we'll pull out some wild cards. Um, last year, Niners win that division. Uh, Seahawks were on their tails with the resurgence of Geno Smith's career at quarterback. Wasn't that awesome? Unreal. That was love. Amazing. Unreal. Love to see that. And they kind of, uh, unfortunately, the Seahawks lost rookie draft pick Jackson Smith and Jigba to a broken wrist. I don't know how long it'll be out, but that team was looking really well loaded up on offense too, with good running backs. DK Metcalf still really good. Tyler Lockett. Um, And then Matthew Stafford, who apparently doesn't know his players' faces. Is quarterbacking the Rams. He needs a fa- literal Facebook, a book of faces, not the social media site. Like, so he can relate to them. So or he something can relate like that, right? as if Matt Stafford's fifty. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know about that. And then the Cardinals are tanking. Um, let's just call it what it is. That they're tanking. Yes. Yeah. The Cardinals um, are going to be bad. Gonna they be cut really bad. Colt McCoy, who was their best option, yep. who ran with the ones all off season. Yeah. And wasn't it? Didn't it? they traded for Josh Dobbs? I think uh, it's so it's Murray's fun, on the PUP. I think so. Yeah, that team's. They also have the lowest um, over under win total in NFL history at like three and a half games. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be good for them. New head coach. Well, wasn't he the Eagles D coordinator? Oh, yeah, Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. If you ask any Eagles fan, and I know quite a few Eagles fans, they were so happy to see Gannon go. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're not optimistic for him over there. Let's get that out of the way. The Cardinals finished last in that division. Yeah. They they very well could be drafting one and two Caleb Williams next year, you, and they have Kyler Murray. I saw that already. yesterday while watching yeah. some sports media. Oh, because they have the Texans They'll, pick, right? They have the Texans pick, and the, the, if they tank wow. this year, they could have one and two. Wow, that's a good rebuild, isn't that? Start? What Houston did two and three this year, right? They got Stroud and then went up and got Anderson. Yep, um, that was a good move by them. I think so. Keep an eye on that. Working our way back, um, the Rams. I think they bounce back a little bit. What I was alluding to there with some of the Stafford comments, it came out this week on Matt Stafford's wife's podcast that uh, Matt had come home and said he's having a real hard time connecting with some of the younger members on the team, that after meetings and practices, their heads are in their phones, and he feels like the old man on the team, what do I do? And that he has a book of faces to try to remember who they are. It just doesn't sound good there in Rams country. And this is a team who a few years ago won the Super Bowl and has Cooper Cup coming back this year after he missed last year. The year before, had one of the best seasons ever as a wide receiver. Might have started to think, man, maybe this Rams team can surprise some people. It's still a McVay offense. Not going to happen, I don't think, this year. I think they'll be right down there. Um, They'll finish third. Anyone high on the Rams or... No, I think this Rams team has pretty much run its course, yeah. unfortunately. They have Cooper Cup. They have Aaron Donald. Even Matt Stafford is not a bad quarterback by any stretch, any metric you want to put it up to. But I just – they won a Super Bowl, so it worked out, right? right. But I just – I think this is just the lingerings of that Super Bowl team, and it's time to – because McVay flirted with retirement. Like, was he going to come back? Was he not? Just too much weird stuff has happened, and – Stafford, he's not 50, but he is an older quarterback as it relates to the rest of the league. And just, he has a book to recognize his teammates' yeah. faces. It's it's weird out in Los Angeles for that team this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and he 
Well, he played for the Lions too. The dude took it's. He's had a rough yeah. career. I feel like his 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 body. It probably feels fifty. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, he probably feels fifty. And it might be like what Logan's saying. That this could just be the fallout of what they gave up to get that Super Bowl. Yeah, you got it. I mean, and now this is kind of what happens when you kind of sell the farm to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that leads us to what I think we all believe is a two horse race in the NFC West. It's the Niners. It's the Seahawks. Can the Seahawks repeat some of that magic they found last year? Or is this a pretty standard Niners dominate the NFC West, pick up the two seed, and we'll see You know, the NFC East winner in the conference final? I think it is the Niners. I think that defense is so good. And I think their offense, even though it's Brock Purdy-led, that Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey combination with Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, I mean, that's nasty. On top of a defense with, you know, Nick Bosa, all them boy, Fred Warner. These, Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, Trey Greenlaw. These guys are nuts, man. I mean, I, I love watching the Niners. They haven't quite been able to get over that final hurdle of winning that Super Bowl. A couple NFC championships, a couple Super Bowls coming up short. They win the division easily. I don't know where they're going to end up seeding-wise, but it's going to take another miraculous season from Geno to change my mind. Again, bad podcasting, but nail on the head yeah. right there. It's just too many, too many weapons offensively, too stout defensively. Just a good culture that they have right now in San Francisco. And the Seahawks, they had a good year last year. They weren't expected to have a good year last year, and they surprised everybody. They won't be able to do that again this year. And I don't as much as I like Geno Smith, as much as I was so happy to see him perform well and kind of be an NFL darling to start the season last year. The 49ers were a capable quarterback away from really competing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game last year. Purdy plays all 17 games and looks well. And even if Darnold has to come in, if someone is capable back there and it's not Christian McCaffrey trying to be the emergency quarterback, I don't see any reason that this team shouldn't be one of the last six teams standing in the NFL by season's end. I kind of, I'm going to see it differently. I think if... Big if. If Gino continues his career revival, I, I like their chances against San Francisco because, as you said, the, the San Francisco 49ers have been a quarterback away, and in my opinion, they're still a quarterback away. I'm not sold on Brock Purdy. He was a, he was a low-tier he was a low tier draft pick, right? Sixth or seventh round. Brock Purdy, I think he was Mr. Irrelevant. Was, I think he was right. the last yeah, pick. Yeah, he was the last pick. Yeah, so he was there for... He's that pick for a reason. I know the Niners roster is super loaded and I think they'll still be very good but you you need a quarterback it, it, it's 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 a quarterback driven league as much as I think quarterback wins and losses are overrated as far as individual um impact they've had on the team I still think but you still need one look at Mahomes look at Hurts I mean I I, I like it, again, big if if Geno Smith stays healthy, does his thing. I like the Seahawks' chances here because they need a now Niners still need a quarterback. As of a day ago, Willie Sneed said that Brock Purdy reminded him of Drew Brees. So make of make, that what you make will. Of that what you will. <laughs> okay, but Dan Orlovsky said Caleb Williams was that in. was that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. I I saw that yesterday. Yeah, he, he said he was a combination of Mahomes, Lamar, and Josh Allen. Yeah. What does that even mean? What does that mean? How? How can <laughs> someone be a combination of three of the greatest quarterbacks of this era? Yeah, so he's the Terminator. 
Yeah, right. I mean, like, so he's going to come in and he's going to win five Super yeah. Bowls in five years. My That's point, what you're saying. My point to Kirk on that statement was, all right, he's a combination of Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. I'm like, okay, so he's just Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, he's, it's Mah- like <laughs> Mahomes is that guy. It's just such a, it's just I think, such a <laughs> toxic take. To just, I think he's going to be very, very good. I'm sure he will. I think he's somewhere in the pipeline between Mahomes, which is the best, which I guess you could judge any quarterback off of. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. I think that's the spectrum for Caleb Williams. That's a big swing. Well, just in terms of what I've seen of his play style, I mean, he did win a Heisman. Yep. Murray won a Heisman. He could he, very well win back-to-back Heisman. Yes, he is a dual-threat QB. He does it with his legs. He does it with his arm. Very accurate with his arm. Very dynamic with his legs. If he comes in the NFL into a bad situation, you could be looking at his career like a Kyler Murray's. If he comes in and everything goes right... Maybe he does get towards that Mahomes trajectory. But to say that he is a combination of <laughs> a unanimous MVP, a two-time Super Bowl winner, and one of the the best and another arms. MVP. And another MVP, right? And one of the best arms in football history. Josh Allen, one of the best deep balls ever. Yes. Is that a hot take to say that? Shout out, shout out to Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. So that's our preview. Next week um, is week one for the NFL. And we'll preview those games just like every week. We Every Friday morning, this podcast, the Football Friday podcast by the Morning Times and Interview, will upload to each newspaper's website. And look, guys, what we're trying to do again is we're trying to drive you to our print edition on Fridays for previews to our Saturday and weekend edition for game stories and just get you to get out there and support the community and support these young kids play football. And then we just talk football from the high school to the college to the pro level. Before we leave here today, since we did do our previews and we start games next week, Super Bowl matchup for each of us. Who Who's playing in the Super Bowl at the end of the year? Johnny, go. Oh, put me on the spot right away with this one. Um, How about them Cowboys? No, no shot. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. Objectively, I, I'm going to say the Eagles are going to return and Want a rematch? No, I'm not going to go rematch. I think they meet. I think they either meet the Bengals or the Bills. There, to be honest with you, if the Bills emerge out of that division, it's hard to not take them as Super Bowl fa- as a Super Bowl trip favorite because of how loaded the AFC East is. So, I don't know. I like. I like Bills Eagles. Okay, Logan. Jets Cowboys. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> You're grinding Jerry both Jones. of our gears with that one. Jerry Jones, Aaron Rodgers. Where's the Super Bowl this year? Vegas. Tom Brady will be there. All the NFL storylines oh. coming together. If I have the to Jets, watch one more episode of Hard Knocks. The Jets are going to win eight games in a row at some point this year, and they're going <laughs> to head into the playoffs oh. just looking really good. Gross. That's what it is. Logan's buying into the Hard Knocks hype. That's Mark what that, that down is. I don't have an HBO subscription. <laughs> <laughs> This is just pure, Gross. pure Aaron Rodgers. Bills, Cowboys. Yeah. In Vegas. Um, go Josh Allen. Bills win. 34-13. Oh, trying to first, repeat the early 90s? First Super Bowl <laughs> title for first, the Bills. First ever lost four straight in the 90s. Get a little revenge on Dallas for two of those. Um... That does it for us here today. Please get out this weekend for Waverly Game Day event in Waverly. Tioga plays Burke Catholic. Waverly hosts HFL that same day at the Waverly Memorial Stadium. Tioga at three, Waverly at six. Um, Sayre at home here. 
against Wyalusing. Please go check those out. Both are own one. Both could use your support trying to get uh, their first win of the season. Um, Athens is on the road at Kowneski Valley. Out the Daily Reviews way, Tawanda at Milton. Canton versus North Penn. And Troy's on the road against Montoursville. Another great week of football talk, boys. This is the Football Friday podcast. Kirk Loveson, Logan Hill, Johnny Williams. We will see you same time, same place next Friday morning.